Hi there. Welcome to episode two of the Exploration of Self podcast. My name is Vita Bailey, your host. Today I have with me a good friend and fellow deep thinker, Christy Pelton. She was actually originally going to be a co-host of the show, but some other priorities came up and so she wanted to take care of those. But we recorded about two years ago and she recorded some great episodes with me, so I still wanted to share them with you. As always, if you like, you can go to the website, theexplorationofself.com, for more resources on this episode and other episodes as well. Enjoy the episode today. Talking about vulnerability today on Exploration of Self. You know how much people love it and enjoy it. Risk-free. Risk-free. Warm and cozy. Mm -hmm. Risk-free. Yep. (laughs) It's good stuff. All right, welcome to Exploration of Self. I'm Vita. I'm Christy. And we are going to talk about vulnerability today. People can struggle with this. There are a couple of sides. My side would be that I love vulnerability when it is wise. I love the power of it mm-hmm. in relationships, like the potential that can come from it. Mm-hmm. And then being in a social situation where people are receptive to vulnerability Mm. and have the capacity to do that Mm. and then recognizing also though that not everybody has the capacity to do that and you don't want to data dump on everybody and overwhelm people but vulnerability can be really beautiful I think and and essential in relationships you intend to have paramount in your life right I would agree I had to of course look up queen bee not the first queen bee no heresy but queen Brene brown don't come at me bay have because <laughs> i think this is what bee would want to yeah um hers is the definition of vulnerability is uncertainty risk and emotional exposure which is a good good starting point and when That's i read great. that i was actually a little underwhelmed i was like hmm i didn't i thought it would be I, it seems so multifaceted and so deep that giving yep. it a definition just kind of felt like wanting. Like I was just like, mm, is it just that, Brene? <laughs> but I mean, at the core of it, yeah, like it is risk. Even people who don't have the capacity necessarily to foster spaces of vulnerability in relationship or even in quick conversation, I, I still think most people would agree that everything that is most valuable in their life had some risk attached to it. Yeah. And whether or not that is something that they move into relationship yet, I think is more of a reflection of people's maturity where they're at. But even just for somebody who's maybe less uh, self-aware or less about the exploration of self, yep. realizing, oh, you know, the risk it took to get to this position in my career or whatever – or maybe if it's an athletic feat, like the risk is what makes the reward so much better. Yeah. And vulnerability, I feel like once you put that word out there, it feels like, um, I don't know, it, it feels like a bad word. If people aren't comfortable with vulnerability or aren't familiar with what the practice of it is in their life and how to talk about it with others, then I feel like I shy away from saying it. Because one of the big things that came up a lot looking at vulnerability is is this preconceived notion that it's, that it's weakness. Right. Um, which obviously is perpetuated a lot in society until arguably the last, I mean, 10 or so years when yeah. 
between Brene Brown and I just think social media, right? how much more common it became. Yeah. And I think that is due to the need to share ourselves, the need to be vulnerable, the need to be open, the need to connect in deeper ways, in ways that impact our overall kind of perception of relationships and our and and that sort of need for connection that underlining not always talked about need for connection and some people can embrace that and seek out that need mm-hmm. and get that need fulfilled while other people don't really know how to navigate that they don't mm-hmm. know how to navigate vulnerability they don't know how to navigate connection mm-hmm. it can be really hard and I do really appreciate Brene Brown for giving so much opportunity and having such a wide base of you know, communication to people that make it accessible. Exactly. For the masses. Yeah, absolutely. At the same time, I think that people struggle with tools, right? Like how do they go from a, from being a person who is not naturally vulnerable to a person who is vulnerable, at least with wisdom and like a understanding of receptiveness Mm -hmm. of other people to Mm -hmm. their vulnerability. And, um, So I'm going to go with vulnerability with ourselves first. So Mm -hmm. vulnerability within myself, like in my journey, has been definitely learning myself, like just getting to know myself, being willing to introspect, being willing to um, gain self-knowledge and find ways to do that. So a lot of times for me, it's really just kind of assessing or kind of going back through situations. Or being willing to, which is kind of and maybe strange, but being willing to see myself in social situations and think of myself externally. So, like when I like, like an example would be mm-hmm. if I'm in a social situation and I share something or I say something. At times, I can look at myself and say, "Well, was that arrogant? Or was that was that selfish? Or was that you know?" I'm kind of always assessing. I think in a way that gave me the ability to find ways to. Uh, be hard on myself mm-hmm. and I had to start navigating through that what what kind of battles with myself do I want to spend time on and then what do I need to just let go mm-hmm. and so in doing that I think that it gave me um, kind of an understanding of of self in uh, that self-perception of what my willingness is to kind of share with others or expose to others my bucket for vulnerability can be pretty large Hmm. because there's a there's a bucket of information that I'm willing to give other people that is fairly large um, without a layer of extreme trust and then there's this other bucket that's like oh this bucket requires a lot of trust for Uh me to share it I recognize that through kind of assessing social situations and learning how to read people and learning how when people are in a space to receive Mm -hmm. information and people are not in a space to receive information. And when people are in themselves on a self-knowledge work that allows them the capacity to receive a depth from me yes. that, you know, so uh, there was a lot of trying to work out kind of that balance. And and I think once I was willing to work through that balance, I was able to get to a level of understanding those buckets so that I could then understand how I can be vulnerable and enrich my relationships or return vulnerability when uh-huh. it was given to me. And um, I feel like that was just an important work for me to sort out in order to get to a level of connecting vulnerably. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
everything you're saying, I just, I'm nodding excessively. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so much I want to respond to. I think one of the things that comes to mind immediately is when you describe those buckets, uh, it reminds me of the role of boundaries within vulnerability. Just to pull back a little bit, when I think about like vulnerability within myself, I think there is a great capacity for it. Um, I think there's also sometimes been too much of a reliant on outside people to bring it out of me oh fair yes uh to to the point where it's like i'm almost afraid to be that vulnerable by myself yeah which is interesting like what do you do with that you know (laughs) i mean i i think in some ways vulnerability is always uh inherently involves like the other you know somebody else something outside of you um but how much I've relied on people to be in touch with that part of myself has made me stop and be like, what is it that it makes it seem too hard when I'm alone Yeah, to reflect or to accept? That's huge. It, yeah. I mean, I really was like, ooh, there's some more self to explore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just also reminded me, too, of, I mean, that's a boundary. Like, for, at some point, me trying, at least this is... M- how I am coming to understand why I perhaps have looked for others and outside validation for, for being vulnerable. I must, I mean, it must've served a purpose. It must've helped me survive in some sense Mm. for me to shut down to like that depth of emotion, that depth of self-awareness without having the presence of somebody else. I also think, gosh, all of these things are connected. I also think part of that too has to do with how it was modeled to you or not. Yes. So, so, good. so it's kind of, I mean, there's all these like <laughs> the chicken and the egg, <laughs> um, but you know, you're, you're a product of your upbringing. So what was or wasn't modeled to you about vulnerability, those messages are deeply embedded in you. And then you carry that into all your relationships and then have your own experiences that you start making judgments on how how safe is it for me to be this vulnerable with yeah. this context, this person, this relationship, this group of friends. The difficult work about vulnerability is that it's never done. And so okay. even if you have boundaries with vulnerability, you are constantly testing them Yeah. for, I guess, the the ultimate goal of of being better known, better received. Yeah. Um, more belonging but it sort of makes my head spin when you start breaking down all the different influences in what an individual person can believe and practice about vulnerability i agree and i love that the way you spoke through like your journey of vulnerability that's that's i mean it's one of the major things that hit me was the model of vulnerability like i feel like that's so important for like being vulnerable but then so many other things that you're being modeled and then so many people I think struggle with that because of that model Mm. I remember for me when I was faced with somebody who I was 21 and I was meeting with a friend a new friend and she was so deep and she knew herself so well and she was kind of processing so much stuff about herself recognizing that for me changed my life it changed the whole my whole spectrum on how I interacted with other people how deeply I went with them Mm -hmm. and how willing I was to look at myself Mm -hmm. um I don't think that anyone in my life at the time was really doing it in such an intense way that it made me kind of stop and say what am I doing in this way Mm -hmm. and I think what that was was her ability to 
self-reflect alone, like you were saying, mm-hmm. like that difficulty that is there. And I think I had that same difficulty before, you know, meeting, meeting her was mm-hmm. that, and then recognizing, I really felt like she was really benefiting from introspection and self-reflection and that inner growth. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, I want more of this. Mm -hmm. And not only that for myself, but I want more of connecting with people in this deep way Mm. and reaching a level of people that you don't really naturally reach in, you know, these surface level conversations, which have their place. But if you're really trying to connect with another human being, another soul, then you're going to have to reach a level in yourself and they're going to have to reach a level in themselves, not be modeled that there's just so much more inner work you have to do. Mm-hmm. I think we have to be careful about two two things in terms of the timing of them. Like rushing vulnerability with others mm. can be such a dangerous thing. Ooh, preach. Yeah, and then rushing vulnerability with ourselves can be dangerous. Like rushing mm. that inner work with ourselves can be dangerous mm-hmm. because we're not necessarily ready for all of it. We have to take it in stages sure. and be willing to see those stages. Like to me, your ability to see, to recognize that people are going to need to draw this out of you is like a huge thing recognizing it and then seeking the tools to build build that up within yourself mm-hmm. i think that's so such a huge thing that self-recognition that self-realization of what are my behaviors how am i going to be able to develop them yeah i really i really appreciate that journey that you just talked through and, and it's interesting because you have this thing where you're doing where people are drawing it out of you but i think that everybody has that because that's part of that connect Right. Like that it's just part of that connect. Like right. I'm coming at you and I'm saying, Hey Christy, how's how's this situation going on in your right. life? And then, you know, you're you're gauging in that moment how much of the situation am I sharing? Right. But a lot of that gauge, a lot of that decision is based on how much of the situation have I gauged myself. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanna like communicate on the fact that we're all working through that self-knowledge, that gaining that self-knowledge, gaining that understanding of who we are mm-hmm. and where we are at in whatever situation it is. Because a lot of times, like when I talk to people, it's not natural for them to self, to introspect or self-work right. because they're communicating, but there's a lot of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, mm-hmm. and that's just where they're at. And that's totally fine because again, we can't rush that timeline and I can't rush it out of somebody else because sure. I feel like we run into that in relationships where it's like, yes. in terms of vulnerability, that's a huge boundary that yeah. I need to be willing to work through this myself. I need to be willing to have time to grow and think and feel. Mm-hmm. And if I can't give that to you yet, I can't give that to you yet. Yeah. And I don't want to give that to you in a way that's not really well established. Right. You know, I just feel like that's kind of unfair and on someone relation. else's timing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not my time and I need and we need that. We need that time and to be ours when we're dealing with vulnerability. It's hard to hold that space for people when they are at such different places of vulnerability, which one thing that came to mind to point out is how non-linear I feel I've learned the journey of being vulnerable is. Um, you know, there are I think these more distinct points on the timeline that you're talking about where yeah, I would agree the same thing having a a key relationship in my life where it was modeled to me, where Mm -hmm. I got to witness how somebody processed their life and their relationships and how they internalized it and how they shared it with me and with others kind of like ignited that spark of like, Oh, there's another way to live. Yeah. Um, and yet we're human. And so just as human as it is that we desire to connect and there is always that like sort of, 
fail safe of, of wanting vulnerability, even if we don't know it. There's also the human desire to protect, yes. you know? And so I go through these cycles, which I, I think I was alluding to when I said how much I can realize, oh, I am being more vulnerable only in the presence of others than I am just with myself. Um, and to not label that as good or bad, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but just to, to recognize, and, and I do consider myself somebody who's spent a lot of years and time and intention on practicing vulnerability. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is, a, it's like a mindful, it's a daily, it's yep. every part of how you engage your day has a level of vulnerability to it. 100%. So it can feel overwhelming as well <laughs> to, to feel like you're drowning in opportunity. I think I would love for myself. And this is why when you were talking, I'm like, this is why the exploration of self is important. Like know yep. thyself. Like people can't know you if you don't know yourself. Totally. Um, how do I reconcile that? How do I make that space just with myself? And, and then bring others into it yeah, and vice versa. But again, for somebody who grew up without it being modeled, it always started with an external source drawing it out of me. And while I think I've grown in my ability to not be dependent on other people for vulnerability, it still seems like a crutch sometimes. And so how, how is it? And this, I guess, gets more into self-reflection. Like, how do I, you know, be vulnerable with myself? I'm I'm thinking now too of kind of these broader topics about about forms of vulnerability in society, even talking about in work. I know there's been more of a cultural shift in the last few decades, truthfully. I know I know there are researchers and mental health experts and even cultural figures who've been more out and about about vulnerability over the past few decades than have gotten recognition. But it still seems like it kind of begins and ends in the scope of just like interpersonal relationships, yep. friendship, self-reflection. But as we were talking about earlier, if vulnerability pervades every single part of your day, then that means it affects every part of society and life. And it, it was making me think like where, where do I see in society and in the media, which is not always the most accurate reflection of society, uh, the more socially <laughs> acceptable standards of a vulnerability. I'm curious what your initial thoughts are when you think, what is the message that society sends about vulnerability based on how it's portrayed in the media mm. or how it's dealt with in the news or yeah. not? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. <laughs> I My immediate thought is that, let's for instance say they're doing a story about a theft. Often what we see is the intention to expose vulnerability about that thief, mm-hmm. right? So that thief has a record that thief mm-hmm. is from this neighborhood. That mm-hmm. thief is da 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 da. Right. They are seeking ways to expose vulnerability for that person's behavior, to then maybe justify uh-huh. their opinion on that behavior. As a result of that, I think the general perception, at least my perception, is that the more information that people can get on you, mm-hmm. the worse it is. Mm-hmm especially when somebody desires to paint you in a bad light. It takes me back to my buckets of information. Let's say, for instance, I overnight got famous. I had a person in my life who was trustworthy at the time, but maybe takes an opportunity to make some money based on information they know about me. Mm -hmm. It's information that I told them in confidence, but it's also information that maybe it's embarrassing if 
more than the people I select to know it, know it. Mm -hmm. I feel like in that instance, you're dealing with a situation where your vulnerability was handled for you and exposed for you. You then have to decide how you want to react to that. Mm. And I feel like a lot of famous people get in this situation or politicians or whatever. Immediately again, it's defense because the media exposes that in such a way to paint a light of you. You do not feel as though you can be vulnerable in response to that. Mm. So the media is trying to say that you're a bad person because you smoked weed. Meanwhile, your whole team is in a uproar because they're like, what do we decide? Oh, okay. Uh, you didn't smoke the weed. You did, but you feel bad about it. Da, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, the media doesn't give you the chance to be comfortable with your behavior that you have already accepted or that you have already changed from. And they choose to put a light on it that is negative, causing you to want to respond defensively right. with something you've already worked through right. and you've already come to terms with. Yeah. You get painted in a corner. Yeah. I know shame plays a huge role in vulnerability. And again, from a social perspective, I think what you're describing is what drives so many people to perfection, to choose perfection so that because it, it seems like on a social level, we don't really know how to not for even forgive people, but even to allow them to be imperfect. Right. If I'm willing to do the work, if I'm willing to put that in, and other people are willing to exploit it, I have to be willing to recognize their space is a different space, and it doesn't have to dictate my space and my behavior. It's a hard one. Yeah, where other people may gossip about your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. They may take it the wrong way. Judge you. Exactly. Being willing to kind of take that on in a, in a way that's protective of yourself and protective of the work you've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a healthy self-awareness too, because like we're saying, like vulnerability isn't reflected well in media and society. There aren't models for it. There aren't a lot of representations of the nuances of it. There's just these extremes and we're always going to be affected by the world we live in and outside sources so what is it for you to be secure in who you are and then also have that safety net of relationships in your life who, who know the true you as well yeah. um, from good to bad, from growth and overcoming. Absolutely. So that you do feel like you're kind of guarding yourself against the, the world and the message that you're constantly hearing that is like you are your mistakes um, or your weaknesses like are uh, a liability for yeah. f everyone realm socially professionally and that's why i yeah i just i think there's such a want for leadership that can be vulnerable about mistakes and yet i don't think i i don't think i have an example of a social figure that does that yeah it's defense you know pr teams are designed to defend perception and as a result of that, you know, it kind of shuts the door somewhat on vulnerability. And there are times when people say, yeah, we did it and we worked through it. But, man, does it come up and come up, come up, come up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, gosh, it's they'll get asked that same question a uh -huh. million times. That is not fair for growth. It's not fair for growth. Mm -mm. Definitely a deterrent. Yeah. 
So takeaways. What do we got? Let's normalize commonplace everyday interactions of making mistakes, taking responsibility for them, sharing that with the safe, close people in your life, and them doing that in turn until it becomes so natural that it feels weird. We don't see it in the media and in in TV and in movies. Yeah. And yet we still have to hold on to and recognize the fact that for most people and most families, mine included growing up, that was the norm. There wasn't there wasn't that nuance and that gray space. So it's I mean, all the more reason for the importance of starting with yourself because change is only going to come slowly and smallly from that who you are as a friend to me because of your self-awareness and your healthy engagement with vulnerability that affects me as a person and that affects me as a person in my workspace and in my family and so on and so forth. Although I got to say, I was driving over here and I was listening to Justin Bieber's song Lonely and I was jamming and I was like, yeah, yeah. this is vulnerability. It's yeah. like this dude is like yodeling about <laughs> how fucking hard it was. I don't know if I can cuss that, <laughs> you know, like, oh my, you're right. Like if if I was held to some of the decisions or ways that I treated people when I was 17, like, oh, forget it. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> Definitely same. Oh, what are your I, takeaways? You know, like you said, vulnerability within ourselves. First, very important thing, willingness to gain self-knowledge, willingness to introspect, recognize that our families maybe didn't model vulnerability well. We might struggle with vulnerability because of that, but... That does not have to define how we now progress with vulnerability. Again, what comes along with that receptiveness, reading the room, understanding we don't always have to data dump, recognizing the wisdom in what we share. What is our shareable bucket? Mm -hmm. What is our not shareable bucket? Mm -hmm. And when do those times change? Habits of vulnerable people. I think some of those habits are introspection, willingness to talk to self, willingness to assess yourself, Mm -hmm. willingness to accept that you can be wrong. Yes. Building those habits, figuring out what those are for yourself. That's, that's those are my takeaways. Those are them. <laughs> those are them. Now we're, now, now we know vulnerability. Now we know vulnerability. I, gosh, there's so much. As there's, we're talking, I just feel like we could talk really for is. seven days. There's and like, I, I do. I think some other reminders that the interwebs helped me with in terms of what does vulnerability even look like beyond these extreme examples that we're talking about are maybe sometimes not as helpful of a depiction to what real world is. Vulnerability is boundaries. Vulnerability is saying no or speaking up about what's true for you or what you believe. Asking for help, talking candidly, honestly, showing you care, expressing your emotions, allowing yourselves to be in touch with your own strong emotions and being willing to fail truthfully, do something you're not good at, fail at, learn and grow from it. Such a beautiful vulnerability, that one. Mm-hmm. Much like this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so vulnerable, ready to fail. We are, we are vulnerable Rise here. from the ashes. <laughs> like the phoenix that this podcast is. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to Exploration of Self. Uh, I'm Vita. I'm Christy. Uh, that's vulnerability, you guys. Talk soon. Talk soon.